Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. I am your host, Samuel Smith. I'm super happy that you guys are here. Wow, what a week it has been. I have decided to put together a little special treat for you guys. Um, There's a lot of new listeners coming on the show, a lot of new guys finding us. And there's so much content that we've made, so much quality content that before I keep putting out more interviews, I wanted to pause for a minute and take a look back at what we've done in the past. Um, Guys, I couldn't have built this show without you, without the listeners, without the likes and the shares. So thank you for that. And for those of you that have been with me from the very beginning and you've heard all the episodes, well, maybe you could go back and uh, listen to a few again. But what I'm going to do today is do a show called The Best of the Guests. And this is gonna be some highlights. Now, man, every freaking guest we've had that we've aired has been incredible. Dude, I've had some terrible guests, um, but I just pulled a plug on the on the fucking podcast and I, I don't ever air it. You know, we've we've had some some very poor guests, but the guests that have aired have been all incredible, so it's super hard for me to uh, for me to pick. So I didn't pick. I assigned that task to uh, to Dan. The, uh, the production assistant, and she has done a wonderful job. She's picked out some great, great guests. Um, man, there's just there were so many to choose from. Uh, I will probably go ahead and do another one of these with a whole bunch more. <clears throat> but these are Dan's picks for the best of the guests. And what I would encourage you to do if you're new, um, just scroll back through the feed, either on iTunes or on Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, or you know you can find it on the, on the website at thesmallbusinesssurgeon.com. Scroll back on the feed and uh, listen to some of the previous interviews, because we've, uh, I think we've done over 70, if not 80 interviews now with different guests from around the world of business. Uh, entrepreneurship and we talk about all kinds of things from running businesses to hiring employees to overcoming problems with the business all the way down to mindset overcoming problems in in your mind and issues that you may have that you don't realize man I've had some freaking amazing guests on this show and it's been an absolute blessing and as we continue to grow and I continue to book more and more guests I don't want you guys to miss out on some of the best uh, stuff and the best content that we've had and some of the uh, some of the best interviews. So what we're going to do today is take a look back at some outtakes of some of the best interviews that we've done on the show and uh, hopefully you'll jump back in the timeline and uh, go and catch the full interviews because uh, if you haven't heard any of these guys and you haven't heard of them, every single person on this list is definitely worth listening to. They're worth following and they've all got things that they bring to the table and they bring to the online community where they add value to all of us. So uh, do jump in and uh, listen to the full interviews when you get a chance. All right, that's it for now. Let's get listening and let's roll into these interviews. All right, so this first outtake is from an interview with a super smart fella. Um, He's not someone that was in my circle before he came on the show, but he's someone I follow now. He's someone I keep up with. Like I said, he's incredibly smart. You can find him on Instagram at I-A-N-Z-F-A-C-E, but his name is Ivan Ants, and he came up with a concept called Philanthro Investor, and he has grown it just an immense amount since he started. It's all to do with investing with a philanthropist's heart, and uh, he really, really has a great story. So uh, jump on in with Ivan Ants. And it was like all this up and downs, and I realized, <laughs> and I realized like, no, this is not life. So I need to find something that it will make a difference, mm-hmm. that it will not only be investing, but it will be investing with the purpose. And, um, you know, I... I was one day in my car and I was buying and selling these lots. 
and was feeling for me the same thing that trading because okay, I give you the lot, you give me the cash, I give you the lot, you give me the it's, cash. It's literally just a process at that point. Like there's no fun in it. It's just whatever. It's and and you get numb to it. The the, the only point is to sell another one. Like I totally get it. You're like chasing yeah. this win that well shit. Six months ago, you'd have been like ecstatic at, at selling all these lots, and now it's just like well, that's just a regular Tuesday. Like, exactly. I, I, to I feel that. I feel it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, that's that's basically the the key point, Samuel. And the, what I did is that one day I was in my car, and when I was in my car, I realized that something different was going to happen. And then this uh, this guy Andres that was with me sitting in my car with his kids in the back. Mm -hmm. he, he started looking at my lots and he says, Ivan, it's awesome, but I cannot buy a $50,000 lot. And I say, well, you know, I, why? And he says, well, because I don't have the money. And, right. and I say, well, can you get a loan and from the bank? And he says, no, because I missed my last credit card payment. Right. And then... What happened is that the kids in that moment started yelling, you know, from the back and start not yelling, but just of happiness and say, um, daddy, 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 we want to live here. Daddy, 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 <laughs> you want to live here. Yeah. Nothing like a few kids to help you close a sale. Huh? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then I say, are you sure, Andres, like you cannot do it? And he says, no, Ivan, like, can you give me half i said and he says no i cannot i live paycheck to paycheck mm -hmm. and then when he says that one day uh well you know that same day sorry it was july 2009 and that night i go back to my house and i take a shower and i am taking a shower and god sent me this revelation philanthro investors mm -hmm. and i say god what are you trying to tell me Yes, Ivan, it's not only about the money, Ivan. Just there is a way you can help them, Ivan. And you know when you hear your inner voice, you know, like God talking mm -hmm. to you, right? Mm -hmm. And I just realized. And I called them in the next morning. It was a Friday. And I say, Andres, I have an idea. So this next guest is a guy that I met through my Apex network that I'm a part of. And not only is he a business owner and very talented in that realm, but his business is a skill set that has been learned over generations. He is an iron worker and to some ends a very, very high end blacksmith. So um, he's well worth listening to both in business and in freaking talent. This guy has, uh, has worked his ass off to get where he is. So check out uh, the interview that I did with my friend, Jason Labrash. We teach classes a lot. And, I saw uh, that. Yeah. I want, I want to get into that here in a little bit. Yeah. The, so, the, the classroom stuff. <clears throat> but, you know, I guess, you know, our, I, I would say our, our employees, our guys on our team that they, what they get out of a lot of it is the finished product and being able, you know, the accomplishment of, of building something. Yeah. Um, you know, and what we do, we, you know, we try to do the very high quality work. So like, you know, ideally our, our, our stuff's going to be around for generations. Right, right. Um, and, you know, we're usually doing something that's very unique that just isn't off the shelf or something like that. So, um, so I think that's where our, our team probably gets the biggest result um, for the other people when coming into the classes, they definitely enjoy beating stuff. <laughs> you know, so I think it starts out as a, you know, getting that, like, just, it starts out of like, Hey, I can hit something. And like, you know, there's a, it's, it's like working out in the gym, you know, like yeah. you're just getting that, the endorphins from, you know, doing something hard. Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, then at the end, there's still a result too of something physical. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, how long would it take a, a, a very amateur amateur such as myself um, to come in there with you guys and uh, to, to make a knife, for example? So, 
we do have some actual one day classes to make a very simple knife. Um, usually that doesn't have a wood handle on it. It's all metal. Um, uh, we other, we have other classes that are two or three days that are going to make a more complete knife with a handle and, um, all the steps and making something that looks maybe a little more finished. This next interview was a good one. And it, uh, it surprised me because it was an industry that I'd had no concept even existed. Um, this guest is in pavement management and they go around collecting all kinds of data from the roadways and they help municipalities to make informed decisions with, with their, uh, with their traffic flow and stuff. And, uh, I, man, I just, I think it's, it's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely incredible the amount of stuff and the amount of work it takes to make the world go around where I can run into people and interview people that are absolute kings in their own industry. And it's an industry I never even knew existed. Um, this gentleman owns Pavement Management Group and uh, his name's James Golden. Uh, you can follow him on uh, on Instagram and Facebook. But man, just go check out his full length interview. Just listen to what he has to say. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, I learned pretty quick that, you know, I had to hustle to make a dollar to get the things that I want. What I didn't realize at a young age, doing the paper routes, you know, selling, buying and selling baseball cards for a profit, right. knocking on doors to mow grass and shovel driveways. Oh, God, I was I th- creating I don't an entrepreneurial operating system for myself at a young age, right? Yeah, of course. You know, and I was able to carry that all through every stage of my life, you know. So, you know, we'll fast forward a lot, you know, at age 19. I had my first child, you know, you met him, he's 24, oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I had the MDM. As a, yeah, um, we're the same age, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, so that was an interesting point in my life. I had just gotten out of a two-year college program. I, I did like a tech school, you mm-hmm. know, Central Ohio Technical yeah. College, uh, which is really cool because it uh, looks like I might be their commencement speaker next next, uh, no next way, summer. No dude, that's you know, insane. Uh, that's so cool. Dude, it is so cool how things like come back full circle, man. I kind of, I'm, I'm a, I'm a advocate for the trades. I'm an advocate to alternate education. I'm an mm-hmm. advocate to continued education. You know, yeah. I mean, that's I've what got I five say. Total. So, you it's, know, we got to look at them and say, hey, man, this one's a perfect fit for college. You, not so much. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about this for you. You know what I'm saying? And, and well, trying to guide the kids. And it's like my my kid brother went vocational at 14, and at 18 he graduated with his certification, and now he's a, a very successful business owner. But you know, I didn't go the college route. Um, but now I've discovered that, that you know, so many people think that education finishes with school. And, and that's really where it starts. Um, you just right. have to be self-driven to, to go educate and go learn. Otherwise, you'll stay in the same spot all your life. Absolutely. And it's sad, you know, that we are our age now. I know you've got them. I've got them. In all mm-hmm. honestly, I, I've kind of lost a lot on, by design in terms of friends, a circle. My circle yeah. is totally different now these days, right? And it keeps, you know... The circle gets smaller initially when you mm-hmm. go on that personal development journey, but it doesn't have to say that small. Like you get into these apex communities, you get on yeah. these podcasts and add value and pour into others. All of a sudden you're becoming more, we're all becoming more leaders. Mm-hmm. Now I'm developing a lot. My circle is growing with leaders and, and, and mentors to each other, all working to level each other up together. It's amazing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I, I do. Man. I can say this out loud because, um, you know, I, I highly doubt that any of my old circle listens to my podcast um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> but you know about once a month it's probably a little bit less now um i slip back by the bar you know now i've i quit drinking five years ago um but i still slip back through just to just to see who's around and check in and uh, you know pee on a lamppost and every time i, I go that. i've done that many times myself man <laughs> dude, every every time i go i find myself wanting to be there less and less i find i've got fewer things in common uh, with my old circle and you know i like to check in with them and you know say hello but that's pretty much uh, pretty much it so for anybody that's going through a, a level up and missing their their circles I, I assure you 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 get better circles am i right yeah absolutely you're you're, you're a thousand percent right you know it all starts with that headspace you know that what mm-hmm. six to eight inches between the ears and saying you know what i'm meant to do something bigger and better you know so i, I had a post the other day i'm like hey it all starts with that one decision you know you're one decision away from uh, having the life that you've always dreamed of. And what happens is on a post like that, my, my squad, right? My team's going to come in there and say, fuck yeah, James, you're right. Let's go. What, what, what decision are you making today? Right. Then you have the, the scarcity mindset people that are still 
Even, even in sometimes apex, man, they're just not there yet. Right. But they jump on there and say, you know what? 65% of people don't know what they want to do with their life or whatever. And I'm just like, Hey, you know what? You're right. So what we say to those people are what I can guarantee you that you want is a happier life. Yeah. You go pull a hundred percent of people. Do you want to, you want a happier life than where you're at? For the most part, the answer is yes. So great. What is that one thing you can do right now? That's going to put you over the edge for tomorrow to start doing and then stack those. Now it's time to hear from my friend, Matt Meehan and his partner, Luigi, the hosts of, uh, shit, I've forgotten. Hold on. Uh, what podcast? Oh, that was it. The hosts of the Liquid Lunch uh, podcast. Yeah, you can leave that in there. I don't think there's any need to edit out my uh, my bad memory. But no, those guys are great. And uh, since we recorded the episode, Matt has actually uh, done the uh, running with the bulls over in Spain. I got to I got to live vicariously through him and uh, and, and watch that on his uh, on his video feed. So uh, big congratulations to Matt for jumping in and uh, and doing a bucket list item and running with the bulls. Um, but Matt and Luigi are super smart when it comes to uh, when it comes to finance and investing, and uh, they run the Liquid Lunch podcast and they also obviously run a financial management company. But uh, give them a listen. Uh, listen to the excerpt and then go back and find their full interview because those two were a really good show. So uh, I hope you enjoy Matt and Luigi. I, I could count the, the people on, on one hand that opened their doors to me, Matt being one of them. So the humbling thing was, and this is something that is really difficult to appreciate, your clock stops when you go in mm. and it doesn't start for two and a half years later. And everyone so has moved forward. Right? Everyone has advanced. Oh, wow. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't watched the World Cup. You haven't watched. <laughs> uh, you, you don't know the cool restaurants. You have no idea how you're going to earn a living. And you rebuild one day at a time. So I, I, I'm, uh, I'm intelligent enough to appreciate that I made a mistake and I was contrite and I made amends. And I'm a better person today than I was back then. Um, Sam, it's really difficult to actually say this, but it was a valuable learning lesson for me because I am a much better person today than I am back then. Not to say I wasn't a good person, but the amount of humility it brings into your life is, is awesome. You couldn't become the person you are now without going through those challenges that you went through back then. I mean, that's, it's part yeah, look, of, it's I'll, part I'll of the you, growth. I'll give you, yeah, look, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example, okay? You know, mm -hmm. We have this terrible, terrible epidemic when it comes to drug abuse in this country. Mm -hmm. But when you see it on the other side and how all these lives are ruined and mm -hmm. how such a huge population of the incarcerated young men in America are there just because they're, they're addicted. And it's it's sad to see because these are these are humans mm -hmm. that will never get a chance. Um, so it's it's just one of those things where it's a learning curve. And oddly enough, I, I was appreciative of the experience, but I got to tell you, it's like nitroglycerin in my bloodstream because it does inspire me every day to excel. I bet it does, man. I bet it really gives you a, a great a great grounding of what life could be if it went wrong, man. I mean, yeah. So, so imagine this, imagine eating slop for two and a half years. Every meal you have after that is precious. I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I've not been to prison. Um, I spent a night in jail. I know what the food's like. Um, and no, I, w I wouldn't like that at all. It must've been an absolute culture shock for you to adjust to. Sam, you wanted a 10, you got it. No, Ooh, I, I, I think he just shocked him. His jaws on the floor. He wasn't expecting that one. No, straight up, because like I know you now. I know you you now. I know the Luigi that I see on the internet. I know the Luigi from the podcast, right? So for me to to for you to come open up and say, well, hey, this was me back in the day. Um, that's that's amazing for you to do that. And I would not want to be judged, right? I'm I'm coming up five years sober right now, and I've done some incredibly stupid shit as an alcoholic. I would not want to be judged uh, on me from five years ago or me from 10 years ago at all, because I'm a completely well, Sam, different you know person. What you, know, you know what happens, and, I, and I've learned this through experience, 
right? Um, that's why I don't like plastic surgery. Because I think, you know, the crow's feet and the wrinkles and the scars, it shows the trials and tribulations of life. You know, it's who we are. But, you know, the one thing that impresses me is when someone judges another. You know, we're, we're all humanly imperfect. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all children of God. But what I've learned is that when a person goes out of his way to judge another, it tells me more about the judge than it does about the person whom is being, whom, whom is being judged. Yeah, absolutely. Up next is a guy that I've got to know over the, uh, over the last year or so as part of the Apex Executives Program. And when I first met Dan, you know, he, uh, he, he just had, oh, he'd maybe broken a hundred rental houses, I think. And now over the course of the last year using, uh, using some strategic partnerships that, uh, that he, I think he goes into on the, on the, uh, on the interview. I, I don't really remember. Um, but he is just closing now on his newest, uh, deal that is closing and he will have now after the end of this year, I think, um, I think an 800 doors under management that, that his company owns, which is just a phenomenal, uh, growth rate from when he first started out. And he started out as a normal fella, you know, bought a couple of houses, rented one and man, he just, now he's just got an immense portfolio. He's somebody I look up to very much and uh, is always pouring value into the people around him. So give a listen to what he has to say. And uh, if you're interested at all in building wealth through real estate, this episode is really the guy to, uh, to go and listen to. So please give a listen now to my friend, Dan Constantino. I'll say this, you need to choose what you want to do if, if you want to be in real estate. There's a million ways you can make money in real estate. And that's, that's kind of the problem. No one really defines what angle they're going to take. Right. And you need to, you need to invest something. Is it going to be your sweat, meaning your hard work? Is it going to be your money? Is it going to be both? Can you do both? If you're in that position, that's great. I was thankfully in the position where I could invest sweat. And not sweat. I didn't swing a hammer. I've never worked on any of my houses. I'll make the little address plaques. That's about as, <laughs> as uh, sweat equity as I get from that standpoint. But I'm talking about going sourcing your deals mm-hmm. and managing subs, managing the, you know, GCing the job basically. Right, right, right. Um, and then I had a home equity line of credit that I got started with. So if you're in that position where you can throw your money at it, you're in a, a little you're in a better position that you can get someone else to come in and do the hard work. Right. Give them right. a small piece or just pay them well as a GC. Um, so you need to define number one, do you want to do flips? Do you want to do rentals? Do you want to do lending? How active or passive do you want to be in your investing? Mm-hmm. Do you want to buy turnkey or do you want to buy a fixer upper? Like I had to buy fixer uppers to create that wealth. I didn't right, have right. wealth. I mean, I had a home equity line of credit of uh, like 120 some thousand dollars. Good to get started in PA, PA, trust me, but not like that. You could use all of that in one or two small deals. So it's not scalable by any stretch. So I had to create wealth. Um, So I had to put in the sweat equity in addition to the money. So again, you need to decide how passive or active you're going to be. And you need to define, are you going to do flips? Are you going to do rentals? Are you going to do hard money lending? Are you going to do development? You need to pick one to start, in my opinion, because right, so many right. people go in, they try to find deals and they, they have, they're so deal scarce that they try to do whatever that strategy is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'll do a rental this time. I'll do a flip this time. And then they never get good. And then they get discouraged because ultimately we're all going to stub our toe. Oh yeah. You, you never get good in your strategy because you didn't focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've flipped. I flipped quite a few houses, and the last flip I did was an absolute nightmare. Um, just, yeah. just contractor problem after contractor problem, and it ran about thirty thousand over budget. Um, the fact that we had built that in, and we had, there was more profit in the deal than that. It was, it was a good day still when we closed. But uh, you don't always smash them out of the park. Um, nope. Now, what tips have you got for some first timers to avoid losing money on their first flip? I could give you a ton of tips, but I think one of the things that most people get into trouble with is being optimistic 
on <laughs> what the 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 shape of the property is. Yes. So they'll yes. look past. They won't even camera the sewer. Mm-hmm. They'll look past the fact that the the it's asbestos siding or, or they look past so many things because they're so deal starved that they they will rationale themselves into buying something that they shouldn't have. So the numbers might have worked, but you you you. I mean, let's be honest. I've done it. Like I've ignored stuff. And yeah. I ended up fixing it anyway. Yeah, I, I did too. I did last the last residential real estate flip I lost money on was two thousand five, and uh, I lost about fourteen grand, which at the time, as a twenty five year old, was a significant amount of the uh, the money I had. Sure. And yet, I I paid fourteen thousand dollars for a lesson. You know, that that yeah. that was my lesson, and it was because, like you said, I was deal starved. I I had just closed one flip. I needed another flip to buy, and uh, I I went against my gut. You know, <laughs> just like- and that's and so that's one thing, and then the other thing, especially for first timers, everyone watches HGTV. Oh goodness, like, yeah. <laughs> don't over improve it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these houses do not look like they are staged. Whenever people actually move in, Mm-mm. you know, they're essentially painted walls and decent flooring and some light fixtures. If you want to, if you want to spice it up, do it on light fixtures and, and some plumbing fixtures. But like, don't go crazy with things, you know. I mean, do what do what the comps tell you to do. Yeah. Don't don't try to win a design award. Another guest of mine that has become a friend over time is this next gentleman, and he dedicates his life and his business to helping veterans. Um, he runs a business program for veterans. He coaches veterans to do everything and anything in their business up to and including finding capital preparing pitch decks and uh, helping veteran startups to get established and uh, and to grow and to scale so uh, i'm very proud to call this gentleman a friend i'm very glad that we are including him in the best of the guest lists and uh, please give a listen to and run back and check out his full episode welcome mike demo there's two people that you need at the top of a company. You need your visionary and you need your implementer. Absolutely. Most yeah. entrepreneurs are of a visual visionary mindset. Like, and I joke with people like in the art sense, I drew that picture back there um, as part of my PTSD therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but my brain is not art minded. Right. Very much systems minded. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit of a hybrid where I've got the visionary ability, but also some of the structural understanding. Uh, A lot of that comes from my time when I was in the Marines, where I had to manage the entire battle space. Like there wasn't a fancy LCD, Yeah. uh, like with pen and paper, and then a couple charts, I had to be able to understand the entire battlefield. Mm -hmm. And when you can do that at a young age, it translates. Yeah. My military transcripts didn't translate. I mean, the only credit (laughs) I got at college was gym. They gave me (laughs) But it does translate over, you know, being able to, you know, step back, elevate and see the entire field. Right. It's a very important thing. And that's what I do with my clients is they present to me where they're really flustered, everything else like, all right, go outside. I'm not talking to you in the office anymore. Mm -hmm. Or we'll set up a one-on-one and it's purposely an offsite just to extract them from everything. It, it's one of the most important things just because you need to take a breath. Yeah. You know, yeah. And just like, and I do that with my son, which is wild. I, I've been using him as my guinea pig, I guess. Like when he's crying, <laughs> so, dude, you're totally allowed to cry. I'm not going to like, as men, we need to be able to say it's okay to cry. Just saying right. that out loud. Mm-hmm. I know you feel that way, but do me a favor, breathe with me for a minute and we'll do a box breathing exercise. Mm-hmm. And and it instantly calms down. My wife and my mother-in-law look at me like, what the hell did you just do? It's like, I helped him do a reset. That's all. Right. Yeah. And now that we did that, we can push forward. You find that's a real common problem um, that translates over to entrepreneurs. You, you work with a lot of guys that are, that are overwhelmed like that. It comes up a lot. And one of my personal development coach, his name's Ryan Nidell, by the way. Um, so if if you can get on his calendar, he's fantastic. Um, it's I'm not write an easy that down. calendar to get on nowadays. But 
he was going through some of the training with me. And if you think about a roundabout, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a proper British term. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So traffic circle. Is that what you call it? Traffic circle. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're going along and you hit a traffic circle. And that traffic circle is all those additional stressors. And specifically as military, but as men, you know, women will do this too if they're more of a type A. Mm-hmm. We try to embrace the suck and, you know, push through because we're tough. And at each one of these off ramps off the turning circle, the roundabout, if you just acknowledge the issue and made the shift, you could get off and elevate to the next level. Uh, very much the Claire Graves uh, model. Yeah. And, but we get all the way to the bottom, we hit ground zero, and then we start to pull ourselves out. We're the Phoenix rising. And that's where all the inspirational posts on Facebook and everything start to come back out. But when you come back around full circle, you're only just where you started. Yeah. And you're only going to go forward a little bit before that circle starts again. So unless you have somebody to do a pattern interrupt, mm-hmm. which is why my podcast is called intentional disruption. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. If you don't do that pattern interrupt, then you're just going to continue that vicious cycle. And I know that because I did that for a decade. This next guest was—he uh, was one of the one of the first guests. He was one of the early guests on the show, and he is a well self-proclaimed cash flow pro, which I love that term. I love that what he's what he's got. But John, his business is helping people plan financially so that they've got enough cash flow to live the life that they want. He helps people to put money in places to where it will produce income that will uh, carry them through retirement. And it's a really, really interesting episode because he brings points of views and perspectives that most of us uh, outside the financial world have never heard of. So I really enjoyed this one. And uh, Dan's picked out a snippet here, but uh, if you guys are interested in learning how to cash flow properly, to where your investments will actually pay for your retirement. This is definitely an episode you want to check out. So uh, this next snippet is from my interview with John DeGroff. We don't make clients buy right. from us if they want, certainly, you know, but a lot of times, you know, they get, we get them out of phase zero, we get them into phase one. It's like, oh yeah, well my, you know, my, my cousin sells this stuff. Okay. Well, this is exactly what you need. So go to them and give them the easiest mm-hmm. sale ever. All right. But if it's not a good product, you know, then we will warn you there. Like if your cousin's working for a really crappy company, right. you know, especially when it comes to things like disability insurance, you need to be real careful because definition of disability is a differentiator between a good product and a bad product. There's a lot of people out there, you know, especially like in the life insurance space, disability insurance space, selling products that aren't what they say they are. And, you know, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, well, we got a little time. But... And, you know, but some people don't know. They just don't know any better. They're just taught by their upline or whatever. Hey, this is a great product. It's going to make you money. And so they're slinging it. And they just don't know better because they haven't been in the business long enough to see the long-term ramifications of how a product works. If you're life insurance and you're telling somebody that this is going to pay out for them. And now, you know, 35 years later, you know, the 80-year-old person is getting a letter saying, you need to pay more money into this policy it was not a permanent life insurance product. And that's where I take a stand and I will die on that hill. You know, you cannot sell crap mm-hmm. products like that. You know, I'll fight anybody on it. So, um, you know, so, you know, that phase one, yes, we are funneling people out. And you know, I think that the really kind of genius level, you know, of that isn't necessarily getting the sale, you know, but it's making sure that they're financially viable to be able to take the cost out of mm-hmm. the equation. Yes, exactly. Right? Because we're making you budget to an extent where it's already taken care of in your budget, even before you buy it, right? And so when we're saying, hey, you know, this is what it's going to be and this is what it's going to cost, you know, they might immediately think, well, how am I going to pay for that? And then they come back to their system and realize, oh, it's already paid for because we've already. This sounds great, right? So, so then once we get done with that foundation building, then we move into phase two. Um, and phase two is um, more of the strengthening of a foundation and, and mm-hmm. growth phase, right? So that's where we start talking about your, your whole life insurance. We start talking about your investments. We start talking about, you know, put six months of your savings aside um, in, or six months of your expenses aside. Um, we are, you know, 
paying down any extraneous debt that needed to be gone and things like that. And it's all about think of it as like when a tree starts to grow. Now it's getting you know bigger and, and stronger and all that. The roots are going down more. That's space right, right. right. So um, you know, so we have to cut through some of the, the the bull crap, you know, like I mentioned whole life insurance. Or some people are like, oh man, this guy's ripping people off because they, I read a Dave Ramsey book, you know, or whatever. Unfortunately, some people just don't understand how things work. Oh, this next guest was one of my favorite interviews just because she works in an industry that I like because me and Tex are tied to it with the uh, the Media Foundry. Um, and she is a standout female in a male-dominated industry. There are very, very few female truck drivers, but there are even fewer women that own transportation companies and the next guest man she she just blows me away um she has her own trucking company and now she also has her own clothing line and she is known on the internet as the mother trucker and i just uh, i just love that uh, that name that she's uh, that she's earned for herself so uh, a, a definite favorite guest of mine uh, check out what uh, what monica byers has to say my my version of um it wasn't just three trucks that kind of got me into hard times it was i had truckers that you kind of hit the nail on the head by having driver turnover when the uh country issues some sort of regulation that's changed people don't want to do it anymore and they quit right mm -hmm. so i i had a lot of truckers over the years just say i don't want to be in this anymore do you want to buy my truck sure why not you know so i kind of accumulated other people's trucks and that got me to 10 of my own um in the meantime i had owner operators which also hired on with me so they own their own trucks i really wanted to continue to go down that route because mm -hmm. i didn't want to own anything you know i didn't want to wrench on a truck i didn't want any yeah. of that but i ended up hiring a mechanic and all of that but but i got to the point where um, in this industry right now, there's a record amount of trucking companies that have come on to this space and they're not necessarily knowledgeable about it, but with a flood of truckers that come in, you know, it's supply and demand. So there was a time when I basically didn't make any profit, but I gave the, the same fees to my truckers. So they want a certain rate per day, or, mm -hmm. you know, let's say it's a company driver, they get paid by the hour. And in the meantime, my rate that was a thousand dollars might be $300 or it might go up to $2,000 or, you know, so it's, it's not always consistent with right, every right. customer, every lane, every, you know, so all of that. So I went to a point in time where I had 10 trucks. I had several that had gotten you know, broken down, got damaged, blew a motor, had some issues, needed a transmission, all of these things. And they all happened at the same time. That, that seems and, to be a, that seems to be a yeah. common theme um, mm -hmm. in business. It, it never rains until the minute it pours. Yes. And I, I wasn't financially prepared to have handled all of that. Mm -hmm. So um, I got to the point where in trucking, I, I just remember you know, with the driver turnover, people come to you and they're like, yeah, this guy didn't pay me my last paycheck. He would never pay me on time. Like, what the hell? Who does that? Right. Yeah. I was that person. I became that person because as these things started uh, to struggle getting paid, you know, and I, I was struggling along paying my mechanics and, and everything. I totally pretty much imploded. I had two people that trusted me um to you know continue to pay them not on friday but maybe wednesday the following week mm -hmm. um those people stayed with me um they're still with me all of these years later and um that was back in you know 2015 16 where i was really struggling with with all of those imploding and yeah so as i started owing millions of dollars to people um Yes, that was a nightmare and a half. And people were like, just start a new company, just start a new company. And uh, the DOT had me shut down uh, because I had a guy driving without a license um, that one of my, uh, my operations manager had three trucks on and he wanted to make the money and sent him. 
And this guy went from state to state being shut down. And it was ugly. It was just all, all of it happened all at the same time. So this next guy you're about to hear, guys, I just, I fucking love his energy. Um, I don't think I've ever seen this kid slow down. And man, Chase, if you're listening, I don't call your kid out of uh, out of anything, <laughs> of malice or anything. He's just that much younger than me, but it, it impresses me all the more at how hard you work and how much hustle you have. And uh, of course, that ties into the name of your brand. Chase is a fucking great real estate agent he covers um atlanta area over in georgia and uh, he's with exp and he's building a team and he's doing all that great stuff but that's not what really like lights me up about chase i love the fact that he is always looking for an edge and to that end he has come up with his own brand the hustle co and they they man, they they make clothing and t-shirts and, and hoodies and hats with with hustle on them and the entrepreneur lifestyle. But the the jewel in the crown of the Hustle Co is the Nootropics with uh, Hustle Coffee that he's made, which is an entrepreneur kind of based coffee that contains uh, Nootropics and a whole bunch of other stuff that he lists off in the interview. And it's really really great for your brain and great for waking you up and getting you going. And this, I mean, this guy, to me, I mean, I don't know how old he is, mid-20s, late-20s. To me, he's just a kid, and he's got this absolute hustle mentality, and he just will not be stopped. So I'm super happy that Dan picked Chase to be on the list of the best of the guests. And uh, so give a quick listen to what he's got to say. And uh, if you want to know a little bit more about the Hustle Co., you can check out Chase over on Instagram. And uh, I'm not sure what his handle is because I can't see it, but uh, I'll make sure Dan throws it in the show notes. All right, check out my friend Chase Scroggins. The internal team was great at nurturing Mm -hmm. and details and follow-up and setting appointments. And the external team was great at, you know, being passionate and bringing the energy Mm -hmm. and selling the dream. and Being that face-to-face, yeah. Making it happen, Mm -hmm. yeah. So it worked out really well. and I mean, that's, that's been an amazing experience for me. It was just uh, because it taught me, taught me two things, really. It taught me how to get really good face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And it also taught me that, that whole model. So it really eventually got me thinking bigger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to the point where now I'm building my own model. Mm-hmm. So, And you, you got the experts generating your leads for you, right? Absolutely. Yep. So what would you say to a realtor who's maybe on the fence a little bit and is looking at this as a percentages game and says, well, if I do it by myself, my broker pays me 80% split. But if I do it on a team, I only get 30% split. What, what advice do you have for somebody that's uh, negotiating uh, that kind of situation for themselves? Yeah, I, I've been in that boat. So I think you really have to be aware of where you're at in the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are starting and you really got to put ego and pride aside too, if you're starting out and you don't have a giant community that you can go to, if you don't have any kind of lead flow to uh, help you reinvest back into more lead flow, exactly, like, yeah. you got to You got to join. Or if you just lack experience in general, you got to join the team. Um, Absolutely. You know, because number one, you need that experience. Like real estate is, is not a game man. It's mm-hmm. like, these are serious transactions yeah. and people on the outside looking in, thanks to HDTV and all that good stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. People think that it's Straight just, up. you know, easy and it's a, uh, it's a fun process, but it's, it's still very hard work and right. uh, very important, important work. Dude, um, if I didn't come into this with years worth of marketing and legal experience from my past careers, there's no way I'd have made it without a team. Like I, I literally, I tell every junior agent that says, Hey, how do you become successful? I'm like, man, let go of your ego. Don't worry about the pay cut and go join the team because mm-hmm. thir- 30% of five deals is way better than 80% of one deal. Like, you know, and commissions aside, mm-hmm. you got to look at it this way. So I was doing, uh, I was averaging 40 deals, uh, 40 deals a year, mm-hmm. 40 deals in one year gives me the equivalent of like freaking seven years worth of 
you know, yes. experience and education. Yeah. If I had just been doing it on my own, doing a few deals well, a year. Well, yeah, because most people don't realize that the average solo agent. Now you've got these outliers that 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 hit hundreds of sales and stuff, but your average solo agent. Um, in my market, I'm not sure about yours, but in, in mine, on average, it's seven to eight transactions a year, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's funny because I've I've watched this lady grow from, like, I don't know, when I first met her, she was like a timid little mouse, um, in my opinion, you know, and now she's grown into an absolute fierce bear, and it's been a wonderful transformation to watch, Um it really has. Uh, I I don't know what else to say. It's it's absolutely gratifying to watch people's journeys. It's it gives me so much pleasure to see people struggle and figure it out and come out the other side like absolute fucking champions. And this woman has just she's she's absolutely exemplified that. I can't speak any more highly of the work she's managed to do over the last you know what year. That, that I've known her and uh, yeah I'm glad she made the list she's got an amazing story uh, especially now where she's come from and where she's going to uh, guys you have to go and check out the interview with uh, Mariana Keith it's a mindset challenge journey really um, you know I think a lot of people have the misconception that it's weight loss and it's not you know obviously your body's going to change in that process but um, it really is testing what you're capable of doing and the things that you thought you weren't capable of doing and structuring your day around two workouts, you know, one of them having to be outside and having forced yourself to drink a gallon of water that doesn't have mixins or mm -hmm. stuff in it and following your diet and not drinking and reading. And it's just putting those practices into play. It's implementing structure into your day, which I had none at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's holding you accountable to, uh, you know, these critical tasks that you have to complete each day. And nobody's there holding you accountable. It has to be you only, and it has to be your integrity. Mm -hmm. And that comes to grow inside of you to be at, like, if it wasn't important before, it becomes even more important. And the, the way that your mind does change. I mean, during that first round of 75 hard, I did, I was traveling everywhere. I think I went to five different States in that period of time. I was sometimes up at two 30 in the morning to work out before I got on the plane. And then wow. by the time I was getting to do my next workout, it wasn't until 11 o'clock in the evening. Mm -hmm. You know, I was exhausted. I was beat, but I felt so proud of myself every single time I completed each day. That was really tough like that, or it was in the rain or, you know, cold. It was, it was a huge challenge for me. And right. it just, built my mental toughness more and more and you get that little dopamine hit every time you check one off heck yeah i'm like <laughs> i set up list right there so out of all of the things on 75 hard what did you find the most beneficial to you as you were going through the program what was the one thing that really stuck out was it the reading was it the exercise it's definitely the exercise that's the that's the physically hard part to me that was what I wanted. Whenever I think of doing things in my life that are going to challenge me, I always think what's going to be hard. And so the physical part is very hard, obviously, especially I had gone from, I hadn't, I hadn't been in a gym and I hadn't done any type of exercise for a year. Right. So, you know, going, going into a gym where other people already know what they're doing, and you have to go back to the beginning with your form, with figuring out how to use machines, not looking like a jackal. Mm -hmm. um, it's intimidating. It's hard. Oh, it's 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 worse for it's worse for us because we get around college guys and they can all like lift a bunch of weight and stuff. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like, man, I used to be able to lift that much, I'm sure, but not anymore. Like, yeah, yeah it's it's bad here. This uh, I live in a college town, uh, so you go to go. Oh. You go to Gold's Gym and you're like, man, <laughs> I don't feel at home here at all. <clears throat> so how good did it feel the first time you hit that last workout and drank your last drop of water and read your last page of reading on day 75 the first time you did this? It was really exciting, but it was also very sad. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. 
I happened to be in Vegas when I finished that. And um, Andy Priscilla actually was speaking that day. So it was kind of a geek out moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was sad because I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have it to keep doing the next day. And right, right. You know, I, I had already decided I was going to do the live hard program and roll into the other phases. But then I had other people who wanted to do it, but didn't want to do it alone. So I was like, cool. I'll start a group and it just kind of started a thing. And now there's a whole bunch of people in it, which is really awesome. Um, I love seeing people get excited about their challenges and what they're doing and, and their changes. So it, uh, it's been super rewarding to see everyone in that group interact and hold each other accountable and support each other. It's very cool. Well, damn, that took me down memory lane. Um, well, I can't believe that I've been doing this for uh, a year and a half. Shit, it'll be getting up for two years here in a little bit. We started to come up with the concept for Small Business Surgeon in November of 2020. Um, so yeah, it's been absolutely life-changing. I've really enjoyed it. I've met some incredible people so far, and I hope that you enjoyed the outtakes that Dan picked for the show we had some really great guests man it's only going up from here there's been some amazing stuff happening there's been some great connections happening there's been some great business going on and uh, it feels like the show is just now starting to catch on fire so i'm really really excited for what the next 18 months brings i think that you're gonna um I think that y'all are going to like it. So if you enjoy the show, do me a favor, share it out. Um, let other people see it. Leave me a comment. Tag me on Instagram at Small Business Surgeon. You can find me on Facebook under the same name. And uh, guys, it's an absolute fucking privilege to roll with you guys. Um, I love the fact that I get to come on here and do a show. And you guys listen to what I say. And I love the feedback. And I love being able to make an impact if there's one guy out there that's listening that I managed to impact and change their week, then I've done my job. So thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm going to get out of here now. I got a little more work to do, but uh, yeah, you'll be good. You'll stay safe. You'll have a great freaking week and uh, I'll be back later in the week with Friday Fire. All right. I'll catch you later. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.